It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales and Jay King, joining you with a mailbag edition of the Locked On Celtics show. Uh, you have tweeted us with the hashtag Rain and Jays with all sorts of questions. Again, mid-August, doesn't matter. We have got a full bag Lots of things to get to. But before we do, I want to thank you guys for subscribing to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Audio Boom, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thanks for all of the great ratings. We will gladly accept many, many more five-star ratings. And if you get a chance to listen to some of the other shows on the network, we've got Locked On NBA for your fix of all the NBA. Locked On Fantasy, search for either of those in, in wherever you get your podcast, if you're a Patriots fan, Locked on Patriots is a great new show covering the Patriots. Their season is just about to get underway. Jeff, Jeff Howe from the Herald doing a fantastic job getting that show off the ground at a crucial time for that franchise. But we are talking about the Boston Celtics. Jay King, are you ready to dive headfirst into the Twitter abyss? There is so much to talk about in the middle of August. It's amazing. There's so much going on. So let's just do it. We're going to break it up into some categories, uh, a little bit of the current season, a little bit of the history, and people got jokes. We'll get to some of those funny tweets later on. But at Chris66, that's actually, (laughs) if if you spell that out, you might get it. Uh, Is it conceivable for the Celtics to get the number one seed while not being real contenders? This team seems to be built to destroy the regular season. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible. Toronto almost got the number one seed last year. It was, like, relatively close. So it's not completely out of the question, I guess. But I'd be surprised if, if they did get a number one seed. And even if they do get the one seed, LeBron. LeBron yeah. James, <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I guess it's possible. Uh, I mean, I will throw out there the Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. This is where we would drop in the clip if we had that, but we don't. Uh, but we need yeah. to get that clip, by the way. We got to so, get that clip. Yeah, we, we got to drop that, that clip somehow. Somehow we'll Illegally. figure. Somehow, whatever. <laughs> it's better to uh, what's the, what's the the comment there? It's better to. Ask for forgiveness and ask for permission. Anyway, it's possible, but and, and here's why it's possible: is it, it, LeBron does coast during the regular season. Now, there's no doubt about that. He will coast, which is why I don't know if he's going to win any more MVPs uh, as we move forward. I think his time as an MVP is done because he has prioritized the playoffs. Obviously, he has got a ton of mileage on those legs. A ton for a guy his age 
And now he's he's past 30. He's been playing basketball since he came out of high school, playing internationally, playing deep into the playoffs, going to the finals all the time. A hundred games a season, basically. So if he coasts and Cleveland just kind of does the same and follows suit, yeah, I can see them dropping to the second seed, maybe. If, if he but, spends a lot of time subtweeting his teammates, then maybe the Celtics have a chance. <laughs> uh, let's go to something a little more current here. Uh, at Koei Jupes. I think some people <laughs> I get think my like, favorite part of the mailbag is, is trying to hear you pronounce all the hand, Twitter handles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe some people might be changing their names specifically to make me say stupid things on the podcast. Which Celtics player would you send to save USA basketball? Not that they needed any saving today. We are recording this after their demolition of Argentina and sending Manu Ginobili into that good night. But uh, assuming that we're taking the bigger picture, their struggles, their defensive struggles, and getting destroyed backdoor over and over and over again – I'm looking for somebody that can – obviously, I'm looking at a defensive presence first and a versatile guy. I think I'm going to send Marcus Smart, who's already on the USA Select team. So I think I'd send Marcus Smart as a guy, a versatile defender who can switch, who can you know, blow up some of those pick and rolls. I'm just going to say nobody on the Celtics is saving Team USA, first of all. Second of all, no, Team USA does not need saving. And third of all – yeah, that, that's that's all the evolves I've got. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to play along. You're not going to pick you would a player. Have to, you would have to send a, a defensive-minded guy. You already chose smart. I'll go with uh, – I mean, it, it's pointless because none of these players will make would play a second. Uh, Draymond Green barely plays on this team, and you're going to expect, like, like, Jay Crowder to go in and make a huge difference? Be the savior? No, I'm not. I'm not playing along. Man, somebody spiked your drink tonight, man. What's going on with you? You know what? I, I, I've been watching too much Stephen A. Smith lately, man. I, I've been on vacation and stuff. You need to, like, turn that off. Screaming A is bad news. I feel like we need an intervention. What, what is even, that? I don't even mean to watch him. And then it just it, happens to it be it now. Happens. And, and then you just I get don't mad. Care. That's like saying you fell onto the needle and now you're an addict. No, 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 no. You, you got to cut that off. I'm telling you right now, cut him off. Yeah, J King. I'll, I'll, ah. I'll see what I could do. But anyway, anyway, no saviors, no saviors. Man, at least I played along a little bit. Jay Crowder would have been a good answer. Uh, Brandon Evanson. Will Isaiah be able to repeat or improve on his all-star season, or has he reached his peak? I'll let you I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to go with he, he can improve. He's improved every year. He's known to, to be a really hard worker. He's going to have more shooting around him this year with Al Horford and probably, you know, what would you say, Jared Sullinger played the four last year with mm -hmm. Amir Johnson in the starting lineup. Instead of two non-shooters, he might have two shooters with – Horford and whether it's Olenek, Jarebko, whoever else, I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas is going to have a better year. I think that's true. I think it'll be slightly better. Maybe in maybe not much more as far as point per game production. I think the efficiency will go up. That's exactly where I'm going with, with this. I think he's going to be a little more efficient. 
I think he's going to get to the rim a little bit more. And I think his assists will go up because he's going to have more opportunities. Like I've said in past shows, once everybody's healthy, once Olenek is healthy, and you can really spread the floor, he'll be able to get to the middle of the lane. And with, with defenders lagging off, uh, trying to, to help off of other shooters, he can he can get to some guys who will be able to hit threes as opposed to guys who can maybe take some threes, like a little out of their range. So I, yeah. think, I, I think the efficiency will go up a little bit, and I think the assists will go up a tick, and, and maybe the, the improvement in his scoring will come with more free throws, even more free throws for him. So I definitely think uh, he, can, he can improve on last season. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see, seeing whether he has another notch of three-point shooting to improve. You know, he was he was slightly below his career average last year, right around thirty six percent. If he can get that up to about thirty nine percent, which is basically what he was after the All Star break, that's a big deal. And he shot a lot of threes after the All Star break. So yeah, he shot a lot of threes before the All Star break too. But if he if he can make those, bring that three point shooting up a tick, that's a big deal too. So. I think he's going to have a better year. I think he'll have more space to, to thrive in. I, I think you'll see Isaiah Thomas be on the All-Star team one more time. And you keep hearing him talk about All-NBA, but that's tough with all the guards, that, all the great guards in the league. That is really, really tough. That's, that's a hard thing to, to achieve. But, hey, you know what? It's a goal, and when he has a goal, he works towards it. And you know maybe people didn't think he could be an All-Star, and here he is. Now we're talking about him being an All-Star again. And, hell, maybe the Celtics going to have two All-Stars this year. That's possible, too. Uh, but we'll get to that another time. And so, yeah, yeah, I think he can definitely improve. Uh, at Hands02421. <laughs> what does that number mean? Did I just give a code for something? Did I just accidentally launch something with those numbers? I hope so, man. Uh, can you do a segment on what each player was told to work on over the summer by the Celtics? And what are your projections for this year? Well, let's, we can't go to everybody. We probably can, but, just straight across the board. Shooting, uh, shooting, 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 yeah. shooting, shooting, shooting. <laughs> and shooting. That, okay, yep, fair enough. I mean, you probably, yeah. And then there throw you like sprinkle a little playmaking on top of Marcus. Sure, Martin, yeah, even Bradley, you know, Marcus, and yeah, like yeah. Finishing on some of the young guys, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. get get stronger. Rebounding. RJ Hunter. Yep. Uh, yep. the bigs, the bigs yeah, probably all told to rebound a little for bit better. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. I like that. We just covered everybody real quick. We got it all. Everybody needs to shoot better. The guards need to be better at playmaking. The bigs need to be better at rebounding. So Boom. That's it. That's that is it in a nutshell. And, and I think they're going to need some some screen setters this year. Amir Johnson and Al Horford are both, but Sullinger was a really good screen setter. Really good screen setter. Well, we could put that on uh, Olenek, I suppose. I mean, Olenek can set better screens. Yeah. Well, I just get better. Yeah, just set screen. So when I was in college, we used to spend my my coach freshman year had us t- for fifteen minutes of every practice. We practiced screening air. Screening we air. Screen, we screened air. He taught us 
the proper form of screening every day and it was he, i mean he he was let's just say he was he was not a great coach we went to <laughs> two and he got fired but but damn we knew how to screen well yeah i bet you there was no air that got through you when you set a screen yeah we didn't we didn't know how to do anything else but we we knew how to set a, a goddamn screen <laughs> <laughs> at sam sheehan Okay, he's breaking up these teams here. I don't know why, but for a full 48 game, team one. Because it's the middle of August, John. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Isaiah Thomas, Terry Rozier, Jay Crowder, Jonas Jerebko, and Amir Johnson. That's team one. Thomas, Rozier, Crowder, Jerebko, Johnson. Versus Smart, Bradley, Jalen Brown, Horford, and Olenek. Full 48 minutes. Jeez, no subs. 48-minute game? No subs. No subs. Uh, Who who you got, man? Well, I'm going to go with the smart Bradley Brown Horford Olenek group. Because Uh, it most closely resembles the team you had when we picked five. five five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's a better defensive it's a better defensive group, I think. The shooting's not entirely there, but Horford and Olenek <laughs> can shoot. Horford, yeah, it's kind of like an inverted, inverted offense, except there's nobody to like take advantage of that space. Yeah, I, I just think Smart versus like Thomas is still going to get his, but you could put you're going to put Smart and Avery Bradley in the backcourt against. Thomas and Rozier, I just feel like they're going to attack Isaiah Thomas and dare Rozier to do stuff. And Yeah, I just feel like they're going to attack Isaiah Thomas, and he's going to be like, yo, Linux man, come come set a screen on me, and we're going we're gonna to take advantage of this guy. Yeah, so, but that's I'm, – I'm, I'm going with the IT5. I'm going with the – I think I'll probably go with the Isaiah Thomas 5 every single time in an inter-squad scrimmage. Because as long as they're somewhat even or mostly even, like the the he they can only score when Isaiah Thomas is on the court. So no, true. I just I I feel like Smart and Bradley in the backcourt are gonna do to do to him what the Hawks did to him and just blitz him and and just bury him with double teams and force someone else to make a decision. Now Rozier, we both like what Rozier has done, but then he, he still has to make some, some decisions there. Uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the defensive lineup, even though it's anchored by a That's, I think that's a pretty strong, I think Jalen no, Brown, I, I, I was making fun player. of a Linux defense. It's not nearly as bad. It, like he's, he's become a pretty good defender. He's not bad. He, he He's very good positionally. He gets a lot of steals. He, he's, he's not a great post defender, but he, he He's he's got some pluses defensively. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the better yeah. defensive lineup. I think we've seen that you tend to go with the shooters. You go with the I, shooting I with lineups the team with Isaiah Thomas, man. That, and I it. go. I go with the defense. I just think about getting the stops and getting out on the break. Yeah, but that's so we've we figured out where we we land on these things. Every time we. I don't know why we continue to break the Celtics up for inter-squad scrimmages, but every time we do, I'm like, 
neither team is going to score on the other. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be like 48 minutes shutout, bunch, both sides. It's going to be the defensive team gets the stops, and then that team just can't score. You don't yeah. even have to play defense on that team. Yeah. It's like like Smart and Bradley get a steal and then miss a jumper. And <laughs> then like they double-team IT. He passes to somebody who can't make a play. And then there's a shot clock violation. <laughs> and then the other team breaks a jumper. I feel like that's how that game would go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. We've got questions about Yi Jian Lian. Oh, Jay, those are my favorite type of questions. <laughs> Jay Bales 96, the Try Not to Laugh Challenge. Discuss Yi signing with <laughs> I can't even get through the question. Discuss Yi signing an eight million dollar deal with the Lakers without laughing. I yeah, lose. I've already lost. Bef- I was laughing before the question even came up. When when you brought up the Yi John Leon. <laughs> you tweeted today. Just hearing the name. That he's making more than Sullinger. Yeah, although it came out that that he might not actually get all the eight million dollars for this year, so I'll wait to see the actual details on that one. But if they actually pay him eight million dollars, he he is no good, no good at basketball. No, that would be a, this a very bizarre move. And they have like like Julius Randle that they just spent a million bazillion dollars on Timothy Mozgov. I like, saw a tweet. What are they doing over there? I saw a tweet today. $144 million for Yi, uh, Mozgov, and who's the other guy that they signed? That's uh, Luol Dang. Luol Dang. Yes, thank you. $144 million tied up in those three guys. It's, it's the post-Kobe Lakers era, man. That's... <laughs> I did not, <laughs> I did not make... We, did, the we no laugh challenge. Laughed. Yeah, we both we laughed. laughed that fail that challenge. A How better old cheer- is he now? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Because he was he was a 2007 draft when the Celtics had the fifth pick and ended up with KG and Ray Allen instead. Yeah. So he's. I mean, he's up there now. I just don't. I just don't get the signing. What's the upside there? Like, he's pretty good and takes Look. minutes away from the younger guys. You want to get better? Sweet. Sweet Lakers, <laughs> nice pick, nice nice signing. Is it possible that this is just a marketing thing? They're the Lakers. They don't need marketing, do they? Just put more Kobe jerseys on jail, on sale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm grasping at straws. Uh, at Canward Twenty One, better chair related story: Fab Mellow or Yee? Oh, definitely Fab. Definitely Fab. Collapsing what? the chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that- <laughs> That was a funny – the best part about that is Tyler Zeller was sitting right next to him. And I think I've said this story on the podcast before, but he was sitting right next to him and, like, was dying laughing as Fab Mello, the folding chair, collapsed underneath Fab Mello. Tyler Zeller has no recollection of that ever happening. <laughs> like, How do you not remember? That was one of the funniest, most memorable moments of my life as a Celtics writer is seeing Fab Mel collapse <laughs> a folding chair. And meanwhile, Tyler Zeller has no recollection of it ever happening. I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah, If you're sitting somewhere and a, someone's chair collapses, I feel like that's something that's going to be etched in your memory. Be like, hey, remember the time that guy nope. was sitting in a folding chair and it just collapsed under his weight? Nope. Because I, I, I thought it would be a really funny story. 
if I talk to Tyler Zeller about like his reaction to the Fab Mellow folding chair debacle, and he he didn't even remember it. That's insane. I don't yeah. get that. Uh, you know, just I, I I like that's funnier. That's definitely funnier. But I'm gonna say the Yee stuff is a better story because first of all, people are just now calling him Chairman Yee. And just the fact that his workouts versus chairs got him drafted what in the lottery. What was he drafted? Well, I forget. He was like a top – I forget where he went. He, he was definitely top 10. Um, top but, 10 pick, right? Yeah, but I mean – what? How, how did that get really popular? Did Bill Simmons make a joke about that? I think he did. Yeah. And it, I think it, somehow it got out. Really he, he would only work out basically using drills that involve chairs. <laughs> but see, a, a lot of a lot of lottery picks do that. You know, like yeah. And I heard, I did like, hear you know Brad Stevens talking about it on the uh, he did he did the vertical with uh, Mannix, and he said. That a lot of a lot of lottery picks come in and they do individual workouts and individual workouts you got to put something in its place so you got to have them dribble through chairs I guess whatever but he did say the individual individual workouts can be harder than the multiple player workouts in some senses because you're being pushed the team is pushing you but still just the legend the legend of the chair workouts. Like even today, when I tweeted something about it, people were just responding about, "Are they going to sign the chair? Are the Clippers going to counter by signing the chair that defended him?" Stuff like yeah. that. Like, yeah. So, so the, the thing, the the thing about his chair incident is that like other people also work out against chairs, but he's the only one who like became known for it. And then Fab Mello's chair thing, that's kind of diminished because. He also got a concussion by walking into a door frame. Yeah, which, that's true. Which might be an even better Fat Mellow story. So, I mean, there there are a lot of different layers to this question. We spent a lot more time on this question than I anticipated. <laughs> but th- this is this is a really serious issue about which is <laughs> which is funnier. It's true. It's true. Comedy is very important to us. We're gonna table it though. Let's move on to a little bit of uh, history. And uh, Kevin Guay asks, what current player is most likely to have his number retired? Jay? I'm going to go with... uh, Jalen Brown. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. How do you not say Isaiah Thomas? Because he is, what, 28 now? 20, he's got a solid... He's either 27 or 28. Yeah. He's a 5'9 point guard, and which suggests he probably will not age well. And he would need at least, like, three or four more All-Star appearances and one or two titles. So... Like to, to get to get your jersey retired by the Boston Celtics, you have to be so damn good, and you have to be part of such a damn good team that I'm not sure he has 
he will have the resume or have the best chance of putting a resume like that together. I think Jalen Brown, it's a super long shot, but I think he's got a better chance. I'm going to stick with Isaiah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the obvious choice, but I just don't think he'll get there. So I got to go with someone who has, like, time. Okay. Jalen Brown has time, time and athleticism on his side. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, you heard it here first. Jalen Brown's getting his number retired, guys. Two, two months ago, we were talking about how he was rated like dead last in some statistical rating, and now we're picking his number to be the one that's retired. Headline, best <laughs> podcast ever predicts Jalen Brown's number will be retired. <laughs> to, be, to be clear, I, it, there's a minuscule chance. But sure. He's, he's just got time. time. Time's on his side, and I'm not sure time is on Isaiah Thomas' side because you have to do so much. Uh, just so uh, I'm going to get to this next question here. People, some people are sending like three and four questions and I'm going to like try to pick one or two from, from people. So don't be upset if I don't pick your question. I'm going to try and pick one of your questions to get in there. But so at for the win, who is on your Celtics Mount Rushmore? Uh, I think Bird obviously we did Bur- this, didn't we? Did we? I think we, we might have done this. We know. might have. I feel like we've had like a lot of Mount Rushmores. We might have. Okay. If, well, I don't know if we ever did this Mount Rushmore, but we'll go well, with it do. anyway. I mean, Bird and Russell, obviously, right? Those two. Yeah, you got to have yeah, Bird obviously. and Russell. Um, and then your other two, I'm going to say Havlicek and Pierce on my other two. Yeah. Yeah. Koozie, sorry. Sorry, Bob. Like, that's any other franchise, you're probably on the, the Mount Rushmore, but not in Boston, bro. <laughs> 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 so it's good okay so we got that out i mean kevin McHale would have to be mentioned he's he's close to mm-hmm. and then is anyone else close cowan's won mvp I mean, a lot of people are close but yeah 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 koozie's got to be the closest though i, I think koozie McHale. i'll make i'll say this is just for the sake of conversation but as a dark horse, didn't think of him candidate, but here's a good case for him, Tommy Heinsohn. Now, Tommy... From a standpoint of contributions to the franchise? To the he, franchise overall, he was... Uh, yeah, he, had, he, he had like... I mean, he's in there. He, as he's a player, coached, as a coach, two titles, as a broadcaster. What, seven? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, he's in there. He had one of the greatest Game 7s in, in ever in NBA history. Yeah, we got to use technology so that his like the mountain of him screams at referees too. <laughs> okay, Justin Hunter at All Celtics fan. This is a good one. If you had to hypothetically select all Celtics teams, like the all NBA teams, who's your first, second, first five, second five, and third five? So, NBA selects their all NBA two guards, two forwards, and a center. They still do that. So. I'll use that formula. My first team, two guards, Kuzi, Sam Jones. Forwards, Burden Havlicek, and Russell is my center. That's my first team, all Celtics. I'm putting Pierce at two guard, man. See, I, Pierce has historically been a three. He's been a forward his whole life. Yeah, so, I'll put him at two guard. My team will beat yours, and, and we'll be good. We're not playing this thing. 
I'm going. I'm going. Look, I'm going. The ballot is what you are listed as. He's has he ever really been a shooting guard? He's a forward. Yeah, he's a forward. And this is. I mean, look. I would love to be able to move these things around, but I think he's a forward, which means he falls third in the hierarchy. My second team is Dennis Johnson, JoJo White. Paul Pierce, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. I have to put Pierce on that second team because he's not a guard. He's a forward. All right. And then third team? Third team, I'm going Rondo, Danny Ainge. I feel like some people are going to get mad about the Rondo pick. Well, the Rondo pick is... I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad one. I'm just saying some people are going to get mad about it. People might get mad, but if you look at his body of work in Boston... I think it's justified, especially, I mean, put, put a better guard. When, forget about the, the outside stuff. Contribution-wise, the stuff that he did, when he was, for, for all the things that we, we say about him, I think during that, that big three era, he was kind of like a perfect point guard for that big three era because he could pick and choose who got the ball, and he could kind of handle those egos. He was, he was, I think he was the right guy for that situation. He knew that it was time for Paul to get going. He knew it was time for KG to get going, when to get it to Ray. And, and so I think, I think that worked. So whatever. I'm putting him on my third team, all Celtics, uh, with shooting Ainge. Shooting guard Eddie House? What's that? Yeah. Shoot, shooting guard Eddie House? Danny Ainge will be my guard okay. with Kevin Garnett, Cedric Maxwell, and Dave Collins as the center. So hold hold on. You're putting Garnett at the three, but you wouldn't put Pierce at the two. No, Garnett, you, you're picking two forwards. Maxwell, you can say Maxwell see. is the three and Garnett is the four, and then Cowens is the five. I got, I, I got an issue with the whole, the whole all-NBA team thing, man. Well, if you want it, it would be radically yeah. different maybe if you did – If you no. actually, no, you know what? Because you, you do like backcourt, frontcourt, whatever, but – Look, Pierce is a forward. Pierce is a forward, and that's it. That's the end of it. He's a small forward. He played the three his entire career. Only occasionally would he play the two in a big lineup, but he was he was a three. Always has been, always will be. That's yeah. the rules. All right. Yeah, I, I won't argue. I feel like there's probably someone you're forgetting, but I don't know who it is. I'm not, you know, Sach Sanders. There, I mean, there, there are plenty of guys that yeah, could I make mean, the I, list. If you if you just pick 15 guys, that means you're leaving off a I'm number of Hall of Famers. Leaving off a lot of people that yeah. uh, that are really, really, really good, and just like Tommy Heinsohn could have been <laughs> somewhere in there. Uh, a lot of guys could have been in there, but you know, Paul Silas. Yep. No, no Antoine Walker. A lot of people will be calling for Antoine Walker. <laughs> Only for the shimmy, man. <laughs> All right. Someone should have taught Garnett the Walker wiggle. If, if, if he had started doing that, I would have thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. Although he, 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 probably, he was probably too, too intense for that crap. He wouldn't he, do he, that. Yeah. Not he, on he, purpose. He, he might like, convulse. Somehow, like crawl on all fours and like have a seizure and black out and yeah, it might look like, like a shimmy, slapping, but slapping it his be. hands together in someone's face. 
Yeah, that wouldn't be – none of that movement will be voluntary on KG's part. All right, people got jokes. We got a couple of them. And this one is specifically for you, J. King. Who would be a better slash a wiser assistant coach for Brad Stevens? Mr. Feeney or Mr. Plays with Squirrels? This is a boy meets world joke that I had to Google to That's figure out. I have no idea what this is. So play, no Plays idea. with Squirrels is like a uh, very obscure Boy Meets World reference. I, I believe it was only from one episode. Uh, so you got to go with Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney was the teacher who lived next door, just, just a brilliant, wise man. He, he would be probably the only coach, teacher, assistant who could teach Brad Stevens like how to be more even keeled so yeah i'm going with feeney man i'm going i'm going with feeney on this one you that would be that would be, be like the, the most perfectly stevens assistant how could he be more even keeled the the straight line is already straight it can't get any straighter oh yeah no you you don't you don't know about mr feeney you don't know about my man george feeney i have a t-shirt that says everything i learned in life was taught to me by Mr. Feeney. And you get on me about Star Wars and The Simpsons. Yeah, because I, I watch I watch really good shows and only really good shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. All right, here's what here's how we're gonna end this. I don't know why this is how we're gonna end it, but at Samu three three seventeen, are the Celtics? Uh, are the worst? Are the Celtics the worst hairstyle team in the NBA? And Goodbye, Solinger. It, Goodbye, Solinger. That'll help out. Yeah, but Smart's got the same look. Yeah, but now you don't have two of it, at least. <laughs> See, fair point. Fair point. Uh, yeah, I think I think um, well, like Olenek, Olenek doesn't help matters there. Olenek could really use like a haircut. But I, I'd say Jay Crowder is plus points. Yeah, that's legit. That's legit. Yeah, Jerubko's I mean, got it, good it fits hair. His whole vibe, you know, it fits his vibe. Like the, he's got that that badass vibe, and you know, there he is with with all the dreads and just just looking like a badass. And yeah, Jerebko Jerebko's got nice hair. Um, does does anyone else's hair stand out? Al Horford is a, a well kept gentleman. You know, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like he may. I don't. I don't know what his hair looks like. like I, I don't know whether he's got the the greatest hairstyle, but that's that's a well kept dude. So so he's got to be plus points in this category. Al Horford um, is a well kept gentleman. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Jalen Brown's gonna get his number retired, and Al Horford's a well kept gentleman. <laughs> Be- before we go, I do want to say. That listening to Mike Gorman on the Olympic calls has been a treat. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. And, like, so I I don't get to hear him a lot anymore. Like, because I'm at a lot of the games. And sometimes I'll catch, like, the replay of the game. But other times I watch just the clips of it. And I don't have the, the audio on. But, man, Mike Gorman. It's like... I, I I listen to him, and it's like I don't know whether it's because I grew up listening to him call games, or just because he's really good at his job, which he is. 
it's like a soothing feel <laughs> it's like like yeah. you, you listen to mike gorman call a game and it's like your problems wa- wash away and like the sun starts beaming and like there's there's just like beautiful breeze and <laughs> and you feel like like a little tired but not really sleepy like just perfectly relaxed like that's what mike gorman does when he when he's calling a game he's he's so good he's the best if there is a heaven and you walk in he'll be calling all of the basketball games yeah yeah i, I, I love he'll him. be calling our basketball games like when when we can dunk and stuff again easily you never could dunk yeah maybe not <laughs> i could i used to be able to dunk not anymore though that's long gone long gone <laughs> did, you see the video, did you see the video of, of my one-on-one match yes yes yeah, yeah. I, I, was... I, didn't, I didn't look good. It was the only time I ever scored 19 straight points in a, in a game, and and didn't look good because of that video. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's shout out to Bob Manning, man. We got to get a game together. We got to get people. Those of you listening on the show, we got to get a game together one of these days. Come on out and and run some ball with uh, the Rain and Jays. That'd be fun. We should abs- We should put that together. We should do like some charity thing. That would be great. That would yeah, be great. We, we should we should do that. See, this is this is what you get when you listen to the Rainy Jays podcast. You get the the conversations we should probably have like off the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just, we're just sitting here talking now. The show ended like ten minutes ago. We're just talking. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of charity thing, I did. I want to mention this. Uh, I got challenged. You know that twenty two push up thing. So someone on Facebook challenged me to the twenty two push up thing, and rather than just go out there and just put a video of me doing 22 push-ups i did set up a a charity thing uh so i'm doing this to support the bob woodruff foundation which it it's uh bob woodruff was an abc reporter who went to uh afghanistan and his convoy got hit by a roadside bomb and he went through all of the rehab he survived he went through all of that stuff himself and realized how arduous that recovery was and, and how difficult it is and how little support the uh, our servicemen and women have. So we set up the Bob Woodruff Foundation, and it does a remarkable job. They donate a very high percentage of their fund, funds raised to the people who need it. They have very little overhead costs. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm going to do this 22 push-ups challenge uh, for veterans and the veterans' mental health because this also supports that. And so if you go to classy.org slash Corrales, classy.org slash Corrales, if you want to donate uh, a dollar a push-up for a day and give 22 bucks, that'd be great. If you want to do like uh, a nickel a push-up and give me 25 bucks or whatever it is for the whole thing, that's fine. If you want to give me five bucks, two bucks, whatever, classy.org slash Corrales. Make a donation. We'll try to raise a couple thousand dollars here for veterans, for their recovery, for their physical and mental recovery. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. Uh, just go ahead and check it out. And it all goes to the vets, and, and they need help. How, how many different t- tries did you need to get 22 push-ups? Like, like 10, 10 the first time and then like 7 the second? And get a stop, the take a five. breath, 
<laughs> I do one of those edits where it's like all of a sudden, like I'm up and I'm halfway down. I'm like up. I'm wearing like a different shirt. <laughs> and I bust them day. things out, man. I got them push-ups. Anyway. 22 is tough. 22 is tough. 22? Pfft, please. Come on, Jay. You got this. You're a young kid, man. Nah, man. I, I threw up my arm at the beach the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was wondering. I was like, "Why is my arm hurting?" It's been hurting for like three days. I uh, threw the football at the beach. <laughs> turns out. I have a can. I have a cannon, though. I will say that I, I can really throw a football a long way. That's fantastic. I could have been an NFL player. No, not at all. But hey, we can all dream. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> This is, please subscribe to us. Search for us if you haven't. If this is your first time listening, I'm sorry that this is your first show. But thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Search for us, Locked On Celtics, wherever it is you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever it is. Be sure to check out our other podcasts. We've got nearly a full NBA roster and nearly a full NFL roster. So whatever team you want to check in on, if you want to check in, on competition, if you want to check in on the Nets, if you want to check in on your favorite football team, maybe you're a Celtics fan and you like the Packers, whatever. We've got podcasts for just about everybody, and we will by the time the season starts. So search for Locked On and whatever that team name is, and that'll come up. And, uh, yeah, we'll do this again. We're, we're still going through the rest of the season. We'll get back to the daily stuff in mid-September or so. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading us. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.